Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Can you loan me $5 so I can buy a hamburger? I've got $100 billion in Amazon stock as collateral. And when I die, my kids won't have to pay any taxes on it. Sorry, Biden. So there's a story going around right now, June 2021, uh, about how much the super rich billionaires are paying in taxes, you know, like Warren Buffett, uh, Elon Musk, etc. And some people were shocked by how little they pay. Um, basically, they pay income taxes. They pay, they probably pay more, a higher percentage on their income than normal people do. But uh, there is no wealth tax in America. So they don't, you know, if you got $100 billion, but you make $1 a year at your job, well, you're only getting taxed on that $1. If that $100 billion is in stocks, then there is no tax on that. And that's basically like, you know, if you own a million-dollar house, uh, I mean, there is property taxes, but you don't get, like, income tax on your million-dollar house, you know. And if your million-dollar house goes up in value, say it goes up, in, you know, goes from $1 million to $2 million, well, they don't say, oh, that's like you made a million dollars of income. We're going to do income taxes on the million dollars your house went up. So basically, you know, if... Maybe the rich, you know, the the billionaires probably should be taxed more, but to say that they should be paying income taxes, more income taxes on their, whatever, on their giant amounts of stock, that's ridiculous. Okay, so another thing people were complaining about was, like, you know, how does Elon Musk pay for a hamburger? Well, he borrows money, and then he uses that money to pay for it. So, you know, he borrows however many millions, tens of millions of dollars he needs each year to live. And, you know, he has all this Tesla stock, so, you know, he, he gets a very low interest rate. Like, people know he will pay back $10 million in cash anytime he wants, because he's got $100 billion in Tesla stock. But okay, so let's get woke about this a little bit. What about black people versus white people? Well, black people pay higher interest rates because they have less wealth. Like, you know, if you got, whatever, if you borrow a million dollars and you have $10 million in a bank account, you know, people are like, yeah, I'll loan you a million dollars. I know you got $10 million. You can pay me back anytime you want. I'm not worried about you defaulting on the loan. But if someone else is like, uh, I'd like to borrow a million dollars, and I got no money in the bank account, they're like, uh, well, if we do loan it to you, you're going to have a very high interest rate, because we're afraid you ain't going to pay it back. So, you know, there's uh, the wealth gap means that it's more expensive to borrow money for people who are less wealthy, and therefore black people versus white people. But this, you know, this goes to the the racial wealth gap episode I did the other day. Um, you know, what's up? Well, basically, if black people, if a black person, this is on average, if a black person and a white person make the same amount of money, the white person is going to end up wealthy and the black person isn't. And no, this is not systemic institutions of structures. It's basically, uh, you know, what do you do with your money? You make a hundred grand a year at your job. What do you do with that money? Do you put it into something that turns into wealth, like your house, or do you do something else with it? You know, and how much of it do you put into that thing? Kind of like how much of a saver and investor are you? And I think if you go, you know, then you want to do wealth gaps like Asians. I think, you know, Asians save and invest more than white people. So, you know, there's your system, there's your systemic racism right there. Hey, Asians, quit saving and quit investing. You dang Asians. You're messing up the program. We want to say that all people of color are getting effed over by systemic structures of institutions. 
So income taxes are working exactly as they should be. But now you got to say to yourself, there's, there, there's some shenanigans going on here. What is the shenanigan? And what it is, is that when a person dies, all numbers get reset. Like say you buy a stock for $100 and then you sell it for $1,000. Well, then that's, uh, that's capital gains. You made, you made a gain on your capital. And there's a tax for capital gains. It's a low tax. But anyways, so that increase from 100 to 1000 So now you got, you know, you just made $900 of capital gains. And you will get taxed. And the government will take that money. And uh, maybe they'll build a road. Maybe they will uh, invade a country that doesn't deserve it. But anyways, you will get taxed. So if you're rich, how do you avoid that? The answer is, you never sell the stock. You just die. So you buy a stock for $100. It goes up to $1,000. You don't sell it. You just keep it. You like having that stock. You can borrow against it, right? You can borrow. If you, if you, need, if you need money, you can just borrow money against that thing, against that $1,000. And then when you die, you give that stock to your kid. So now your kid's got a $1,000 stock. Great. Great for that kid. And then say that stock goes up $100. So now it's worth $1,100. And your kid, that kid, they need the money. They cash it in. And so do they pay taxes on how it went from 100 to 1,000 and then to 1,100? No, they just pay taxes on the gain from 1,000 to 1,100. So there you go. You know, you don't, you personally can't avoid taxes. But if you count you and your kids as a group, then you and your kids can avoid taxes by holding on to whatever you got until someone dies. And then it gets reset. And you start from there, and you don't have to pay, have to pay taxes on the stuff that happened before the death. That's pretty smart. And if that's how the tax code works, then you'd be a fool not to take advantage of it. And that makes me wonder, is that the, you know, um, black families do not pass on wealth from generation to generation like white families do. So what they're probably not doing is creating some wealth and then dying on it. You, gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you can't spend what you got. You got to save it up. Until you got a bunch of wealth, and then you can't use it at all, you gotta die. That's a lot of impulse control to keep your money and then die on it and not use it. So what do you do? I mean, what you, one thing you can do is that when someone dies, you tax them on their capital gains right then. And then you give whatever's left to the kids. And there is some sort of inheritance tax that kind of does that stuff. I mean, it only kicks in at like $10 million. Like Americans are... Cr- Americans of all stripes are against in the, in the death tax. It's called the death tax by some people. Even though it only kicks in at $10 million. So, you know, it's like 99% of Americans, they wish they were getting the death tax. But anyways, they're against it. But, uh, you know, here's a, here's a thing that people don't like about it. You can come up with a little hy- hypothetical situation. Like, say your dad has a farm. You know, he has a farm. He's... Whatever, he got it from his dad, your grand, you know, your grandpa's farm went to your dad, and then you've been working on the farm your whole life, and your dad wants to pass that farm on to you. I mean, who knows? You could have seven generations in a row of just passing the farm down to the next son or daughter. And I think people would say, well, that's great. What a wonderful thing to pass something, you know, to pass a farm on to the child, and they can work the land too. But let's say the value of that farm, you know... When your dad got it back in 1970, it was worth, uh, you know, a million dollars. 
But today, that land is real valuable. So that farm is now worth a hundred million dollars. So you know, if your dad, if you know, if you were to say when the dad dies, uh, well, there you just you made ninety-nine million dollars, and you got to pay your capital gains on that. Well, the only way for the son to pay those capital gains, you know, let's say it's twenty million dollars. The only way for them to pay that twenty million dollars, they got to sell the farm. They can't just keep the farm from generation to generation if it goes up in value. And if your farm goes down in value, obviously the government doesn't give you money in return. So, you know, it doesn't feel entirely fair that way either. So, sorry son, you can't inherit the $100 million farm. But, we'll cash you out to the tune of $60 million, so, you know, you'll be alright. So a lot of people want to take money away from the rich, and give it to the poor. You know, and I'm kind of one of those people too. I mean, give it to me in particular. But you know, let's let's look at a hypothetical because it's not always that clear cut. Oh, rich people are bad, poor people are good. It's starting to sound like systemic institutions of wealth. But let's say there's some guy. He's a real genius, and he's thinking about using his brains to cure cancer. You know, and somehow he can talk to all the people of the world, or maybe just the American public. And he says to the American public, "I'm thinking about curing cancer. Uh, if I do that, will you?" and I patent it, will you take away my patent from me? And the people are like, no, no, if, if, you, you know, if you can do it, if you can cure cancer, go ahead, cure it, you can keep the patent on it. Okay, now, if I sell that patent for $100 billion, are you going to take away my $100 billion? And the people are like, uh, you know, this is starting to get a little tricky, but I guess if you can cure cancer, you can keep your $100 billion from selling the patent. I mean, we'd rather you just cured cancer and then made the patent free and gave away, gave away the $100 billion to charity. But the guy's like, uh, sorry, I'm either, uh, you know, either I cure cancer and I get to keep the patent and the $100 billion, or I'm not going to cure cancer. That's, that's your options. You know. So the people are over a barrel, like in Pulp Fiction, and uh, so they say, yes, fine. And so that's kind of the situation we have with these billionaires. You know, maybe Elon Musk with Tesla and their electric vehicles, you know, solving global warming, if, if that's exactly a real thing. Um, you know, maybe that saves as many lives as curing cancer. Or maybe the Google guys, you know, creating a, a website that lets everyone in the world have access to all the information in the world. Maybe that's as good as curing cancer. I mean, the one I like the best is... Uh, I don't have to drive on the road and get in a car accident because I can have stuff delivered to my mailbox. Anything I want. From Amazon. Maybe that's as good as curing cancer. Then let's make it a little more complicated. What if another guy comes along and he's like, I'm going to invest a bunch of money in this guy who cures cancer. Can I keep my money? Can I keep my part of the patent? And the people are like, fine, you know, do whatever you want. We just want cancer cured. And in the end, you just have, you know, the stock market and capitalism and you say, oh, don't put your money into that company because that company's bad and put your money into that company because that company's good. Uh, you know, who's going to decide that stuff? And what about when they're, in, when, you know, what about when they're wrong? You know, the first five declarations of which companies are good and bad turns out to be completely wrong. Like, you know, they shut down some giant oil company and then all of a sudden there's a famine in Africa because they were relying on that oil. It makes me think of Greta Thunberg. She's the climate change teenager. 
she's mentally ill. Anyways, she, she, she was in the media a whole bunch two, three years ago. And I think, you know, her idea was like, we need to stop using fossil fuels now, like right now. And the first thing that will happen to the world is if we, if we just, if we stop using fossil fuels today, is that six months from now, you know, a billion poor people would be dead. They would have starved to death. Like there's three things that allow us to feed the billions of people on the planet. I can't remember what all three of them are. One of them is irrigation and one of them is tractors. And so irrigation is run by electric motors. So that's run by petroleum products. And obviously tractors run on diesel. So right there, two out of the three things will be gone instantly. And then everyone would starve to death. And you say, there you go, Greta Thunberg. You just killed a 500 million Africans. Uh, you feel morally superior still? Let's see, another thing that people complain about is if a company makes a bunch of money, but they reinvest it, then they don't have to pay any taxes on that money. So let's, uh, let's do an analogy here. Let's use a plumber, a one-man company. It's a plumbing company, and it has one employee, the plumber. And, you know, maybe the company pays the plumber $50 an hour for working. Now, that's just normal income. Normal income taxes are paid on that part. And let's say that company, you know, after paying the plumber, it has an extra 10 grand. But the plumber's van, the lease on the van is 10 grand a year. So, you know, boom, that 10 grand went into the van. And so, you know, no one would say, oh, you got to pay taxes on that 10 grand. Um, that's not profit. That's not income. But let's say after paying for, you know, the lease on the van and paying for the gas that goes in the van and other things, maybe a laptop for the plumber so he can keep track of stuff. The company makes 20 grand profit. Now, if we stop there, then this company has to pay taxes on 20 grand. But what if this company, like, buys, buys a piece of property that has a building on it? You know, it has like an office and a kind of little warehouse area so that the van can be stored indoors and all the plumbing parts, uh, you know, can be put on shelves so that each day when the plumber plumber goes to work he drives to the little company um, building and property and you know he does his work in the office and he uh, gets the parts he needs off the shelf and he puts it in his van and then he heads out to do some plumbing well so 20 grand a year uh, that company pays for that piece of property and they don't pay taxes on that that's not considered profit Let's say, you know, 30 years later, uh, that piece of property is paid off. And so that company owns a piece of property. Basically, that's wealth. That company has some wealth, and it hasn't paid taxes on it yet. So if the company sells that property with, with a building on it, that's when it finally has to pay taxes, you know, 30 years later. Or if that plumber is retiring, and he wants to sell that business, you know, it's good name, and it's... Uh, office and warehouse space to some other plumber then you know when that plumber gets a bunch of money for selling his company that's when he'll have to pay taxes on it but so it brings up amazon i don't know you know most people probably didn't follow amazon and their tax situation uh back when they were a smaller company but what they did was every year every single dollar of profit was put back into the company they could have taken that profit and given it to the shareholders, and then people would have had to pay taxes. But because they put every do every single dollar back into the company, basically to make the company grow as fast as absolutely possible, 
And you can see that was the right decision because, you know, Amazon's, whatever. No one can catch Amazon now because they grew too fast. And they did that by always putting their money directly back into the company. And so that's the situation, you know, like, should they have been paying taxes on the money that they were putting back into the company? I, in my opinion, the answer is no. And that's definitely how the tax code is. Anyway, so a lot of people don't understand basically how business and taxes work. So it's like, hey, plumber, you can't be buying a little shop to go for your, you know, for your business. Or, you know, maybe you don't want to lease your car. You can't be buying a truck, right? That's the same thing as like telling Amazon, oh, you can't put your money back into it. You got to pay taxes. So what's the downside of Amazon reinvesting all its money and growing so quickly? Well, for instance, they have... Uh, they basically put Sears out of business. Um, that was a lot of people, a lot of jobs. You know, it wasn't all just the cashiers. There was middle managers, upper managers. There's a lot of people making, you know, making a living. Health insurance. But I think the last time I did anything at a Sears is I, I bought a lawn tractor there like 20 years ago. And I haven't gone back. I mean, I wouldn't go back. Why would I want to go to Sears? Sears is no good. So is it Amazon's fault that uh, by reinvesting their money and growing insanely fast and not paying any taxes that all the Sears jobs are lost? I don't think it's Amazon's fault. Someone's going to do that at some point. I mean, going to Sears sucks and having everything delivered right to your door is awesome. And that's where the government has to come in. I mean, whatever. Capitalism works just fine. Let it do its thing. And then the government comes in and does their thing. I mean, while Amazon was not paying taxes itself, every employee of Amazon, you know, was making tons and tons of money and paying tons and tons of taxes. I think Jeff Bezos paid $1 billion in taxes, income taxes, in the last three years, for instance. But anyways, just because one company sucks and another company is awesome, that doesn't mean you tear down capitalism. You don't call capitalism racist. What that means is you got to do something, the government's got to do something. In my opinion, it's UBI, Universal Basic Income. Give everyone a check. And, you know, politicians can't be trusted, so over the years, there's a whole bunch of little tax loopholes and BS things that are in the tax code that let companies get off um, paying less than they should. So Amazon shouldn't have paid any more when they were just reinvesting all their money. But I'm sure there's tons of companies who are... They're taking their profits, and they're, you know, they're taking their profits. They ain't reinvesting. They ain't creating more jobs. They ain't doing nothing with it. But there's some loophole that lets them do it without paying their fair share. So that also should be fixed, which is the government again. And remember, the Democrats are controlled by the same people as the Republicans. So good luck fixing that stuff.